Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. During the federal government shutdown, this website will not be updated and may not reflect current conditions. Some national parks may remain accessible to visitors. However, access may change without notice. Some parks are closed completely. Some visitors' services may be available when provided by concessioners or other entities. For most parks, there will be no National Park Service provided visitor services such as restrooms, trash collections, facilities, or road maintenance. For more information, see www.doi.gov shutdown and the park website. So Mike, happy holidays. The government is shut down. Happy holidays. And peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And women. And women, right. And all those in between. And all those in between. Quickly, how was your holidays? They were great. Quick as usual. I feel like as you get older, things just kind of fly by. It was really quiet and it was good. What about yourself? It was lovely too. I spent a lot of time with my family down in Birmingham, Alabama, Mm -hmm. and then also in Gulfport, Mississippi. Yeah, so you did some traveling. How was that? Well, it was a lot of traveling. Yeah. I mean, I flew down to Birmingham, and then I was there for a number of days, and then I drove the four and a half hours down to Gulfport. Right. Was there for basically 24 hours, and then I drove back to Birmingham and flew out of Birmingham. Yeah, that is a lot. So it was a lot. Yeah. is always worth it to see the my family. Right, to be close to those that are near and dear. Because they are the greatest. Yeah. I adore them. Yeah. Do you know what <laughs> Santa Claus brought me? What did he bring you? He brought me John Muir's Our National Parks. Oh, well, isn't that a coincidence? Why is that? Because I also got a copy of that. Oh, which did is, you? I think our, our friends and family just know us very well. They do, they do. Yeah. For Christmas this year, I asked Santa Claus for a wooden bowl and... <laughs> A funnel. Ooh, Ooh, good for, for funneling. funneling. <laughs> it's a very delicious dish from mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Which right we now. often feel like we're doing but here. But to read mm-hmm. John Muir's Our National Parks, I'm very excited to read yes, that. Yes, me too. I also got a book about how to read nature signs. As oh. In, like when you're outside and on a trail, like how to be able to tell like 
which direction is which based on plants. That's great. Or how to tell what the weather is about to do based on different patterns That's awesome. of the wind. So these are good things to bring along. I feel like oh, there will I'm be some very, dramatic very car readings of John Muir's book. Oh, without like a doubt. book on tape with me flustering through every word because I am a consummate reader, but reading aloud, sometimes I fumble. Well, also very much mm. like, you know, how when we were in the Smoky Mountains and the mist made everything sort right. of move, um, I feel like exhaustion makes letters on pages just move and suddenly say things that aren't written there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of our national parks, the theme of today's trail mix is the government shutdown and how it is affecting our national parks. Why is the government shut down? In short, Congress must pass the annual budget. Included in this year's budget was a provision to include funds for the Mexican border wall. According to the Washington Post, a Trump-backed spending bill passed by House Republicans on December 21st included more than $5 billion in border security funding that could be spent on a wall. But that measure has not gotten traction in the Senate, where Democrats have stood firm on holding wall funding to the current $1.3 billion level. Thus, the budget did not get voted on, and therefore, if that doesn't happen, we are in government shutdown. And this shutdown is affecting many offices of the federal government. So the offices that are actually shut down are Commerce, Agriculture, Interior, Homeland Security, and parts of the Justice Department, as well as Housing and Urban Development, State Transportation, and Treasury. So it is actually a um, lot. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a lot to um, me. And believe it or not, it's about 800,000 federal employees are going to be furloughed um, or forced to work without pay until the standoff is until um, right fixed. so or resolved I so should there say. we go yeah. so today is all about how this government shutdown is affecting our national parks right i feel like in order for us to understand how it is affecting the national park service right how great the impact is we should first outline exactly what the national park service does great the national park service was established on august 25th 1916 it is an agency of the federal government it is under the u.s uh Department of Interior. Mm -hmm. The National Park Service was created as part of the National Park Service Organic Act. It was created after Yellowstone and Yosemite National Parks were both created Mm -hmm. because they needed some sort of way to oversee them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt that had a pretty heavy hand in the the crafting of everything for the national parks. Yes. Um, as our book will probably tell as us. As our book will probably tell that us. That we'll read. I think it is important to know or to um, share what is the mission statement of the National Park Service. Great. So the mission statement, as stated in the Organic Act of 1916, mm-hmm. the National Park Service's mission is to preserve unimpaired the natural and cultural resources and values of the national park system for the enjoyment education, and inspiration for this and future generations. If you've never been to a national park and you're just listening to our podcast, drop everything, well, obviously, and get there when you can. Well, you can't right now. Right. Well, you can. You can, and we'll talk a little bit about how that is. But I mean, it's a stupendous 
unbelievable way to see preserved natural beauty that our country has to offer. The national park system in America has been called America's greatest idea Mm -hmm. or America's best idea. Mm -hmm. I do agree. At the end of the day, I do feel like the natural world is the thing that will connect us beyond our political boundaries or our disagreements. Like we can both come together and enjoy the beauty that has been preserved. Yes, I totally 100% agree with that. So let's talk about what the national park system oversees. The national park system covers 84.7 million acres of land. That's crazy. And is comprised of 417 sites. Now, not all the sites are the same. They have different designations. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit about those right now. 417 national parks. No, there's not. There's only how many of those? So, well, we'll get to that. Okay. Here we go. So of all of these sites... Uh, These include 129 historical parks and sites. Okay. So what's a historical park? A historical park, an example of that would be Abe Lincoln's birthplace, which is in Kentucky. Great. And then a historical site? The historical site would be, there's a a monument to it now. Um, It's called Manzanar, and it's in California. And in World War II, when the United States decided it was a good idea to intern all the Japanese American citizens. Yeah. Um, it is um, probably dark a dark day in a dark day and history. Definitely a stain. Yeah, but um, stain. that's the memorial site and that's in California for yes. that. Then there are 87 national monuments. Right. Now a national monument is sort of like sometimes things are national monuments and then they become national parks. So it's true. Yeah. That, that can happen. Sometimes things are state parks and then they become national parks. Right. The goal is not to be a national park. It's right. not like that's your, you know, your it's Broadway America's show. It's next top national park. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but if it is just in the best interest of that area, right. whatever is in the best interest of the thing you're trying mm-hmm. to preserve will determine right. the designation. Right, right, right. But a national monument, for example, is... The Devil's Tower, which was in Wyoming and was created by or under Teddy Roosevelt. We also have sites like the Statue of Liberty, which is in New York, New Jersey Harbor, um, also Stonewall Inn Stonewall in, Inn Down in the West Village yep. Is a, considered a national monument mm-hmm. now Thank you Barack Obama mm-hmm. Grand Staircase Very close to Grand Staircase yep. When we were in Utah Yep which, which has been downsized It has been downsized Within the last year or so It has Yeah All which those is things sad In addition to that There are 59 national parks Now I will say Some people will say That there are, are 60 And I tried to figure out what the discrepancy was between 59 and 60, Mm -hmm. but I could not really find a solid answer. Okay. So we do know there's at least 59. Right. And these are the parks that we're hiking through. Right. That we're talking about. That we've collectively been to 15 Acadia, Yosemite, Yellowstone. Not there yet. But but we haven't gone there yet. I'm just naming (laughs) some of them. Just naming them. You're name dropping right now is what you're doing. Right. I know Yellowstone and girl, she is wonderful (laughs) is basically what you just (laughs) said. That is what I did. Mm Mm-hmm. There are 30 national memorials. Ah, yeah. What is that? So a national memorial is something that's used to commemorate um, a specific event. So, And um, it uses space and to do use, that. Yep, uses space to do that. So the 9-11 memorial in New York City. Um, there's also the Korea, Korean War Veterans Memorial, which is in D.C. Um, amongst, you know, those were just a drop in the bucket of the national memorials that we right. have in the country. There are also 25 battlefields or military parks. So Gettysburg would be an example of a battlefield or a military park. Um, I know that Arlington is a national memorial 
Park as well, I believe. I think so. It's a national cemetery, but I believe it might fall under that um, military park. And then finally, we have 87 otherwise designated national park units. So something like that would be the Trail of Tears, um, which is an actual like memorial trail, essentially. Um, And it is another dark stain on the history of our country. And it is operated by the National Park Service. And it goes through Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Also, Sandy Hook Beach in New Jersey would fall under this designation because it is a national historic... No, I'm sorry. It is a national recreation area. Right. And there's national seashores, too, which I'm sure that probably factors in, too. It does. Big Sur, I believe, in California is a national seashore. So NPS also helps to serve as administrator over some affiliated sites, including National Register of Historic Places, Mm. National Heritage Areas, National Wild and Scenic Rivers, National Historic Landmarks. Got it. And national trails. Okay. Um, Additionally, the NPS staff um, work with communities across the nation to help preserve local history and create close-to-home recreational opportunities. So all of this information that we're bringing to you is directly from the National Park Service. This is from their website. This is from a document called Bureau Highlights. In 2016, over 324 million people visited uh, national parks, uh, which broke all previous visitation records. Also, there are over 23,000 individual full and part-time employees and 440,000 volunteers who work with the National Park Service. The workforce of NPS is made up of archaeologists, engineers, curators, biologists, hydrologists, historians, law enforcement officers, landscape architects, and many other disciplines. Hmm. I'd also throw in artists because they have resident artists who uh, stay there. And they collaborate with tribes, states, local governments, nonprofits, and historic property owners who share in preserving uh, the nation's shared heritage. It's like a team of made up of like wonderful professions. And you get to to work with so many. It's sort of like the the big giant common right. thing that right. like brings people together, which is what I feel like our natural world right. is. Right. right? I, feel I feel like, like it's, it's you know, reflective of that. Captain Planet's ragtag team here. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. It gets me very excited. Mm-hmm. The budget of the National Park Service goes to a lot of things, but just to give you like an overview of like what um, they use this money for, they use it for recreation and preservation including historic preservation and also natural preservation. Um, Also, they use it for construction, land acquisition, state assistance. Actually, Congaree National Park that we'll be talking about very soon on the podcast actually just got bigger uh, when I called down and (laughs) talked to them. They had acquired more land, and so their national park got even bigger. And they actually started as a national monument, correct me if I'm wrong. They did. They did. Yes, yeah. they were a national monument yeah. first. Somehow they eked And it then out. <laughs> um, they also, money they receive um, from when you pay a national park, they mm-hmm. take that money and they use it for a number of things. Okay. Um, like you mean when you like buy admission? When you buy admission. What about if you buy stuff in the gift shop? So the gift shop is... Um, At like a visitor center, I should say. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, like that merchandise that you're buying at a gift shop is not 
created specifically by the national park system, though I'm sure they have some of it. It's outsourced. Mm -hmm. So like if you're buying it at a national park visitor center, yes, some of that money is going directly back to the national park. That's good. What I was curious about is like, if I, if I pay money to get into say Acadia, Mm -hmm. does all of that money stay in Acadia or is it shared across the board? And it's it like, is shared across the board. It's like splitting tips. It is kind of, of like splitting tips. Yeah. yeah. So in revenue, the National Park Service estimates that in 2018, it would collect about 259.5 million dollars in revenue wow. from just people visiting. Wow. And that's great. That is great. That is all money going right back to our natural land. So. We just wanted to give everybody sort of a general overview of, like, what is the scope of the work of the National Park System? So let's return now to the government shutdown. Great. And this does affect the National Park Service. Oh, yeah. As an agency of the Department of Interior. And typically, unfortunately, because it's a non-essential service, when you really think about it in the broader sense of what essential services are, national parks tend to be one of the first things to... So if you visit any of the national park websites Mm -hmm. or nps.gov, you will see that message at the top of the screen. And it said, um, if you go to doi.gov slash shutdown, you'll get more information. So we did. And it gives you the National Park Service contingency plan as of January 2018. Mm -hmm. So this was created last January as like, this is the plan if there is a government shutdown. Effective immediately upon a lapse in appropriations, the National Park Service will take all necessary steps to suspend all activities and secure national park facilities that operate using appropriations that are now lapsed, except for those that are essential to respond to emergencies involving the safety of human life or the protection of property. Parks must notify visitors that road maintenance, including plowing, campground reservations, and check-in slash check-out services, backcountry, and other permits and public information. National and regional offices and support centers will be closed and secured except where they are needed to support accepted personnel. And that's accepted E-X-C-E-P-T-E-D. These steps will be diligently carried out while still ensuring visitor and employee safety, as well as the integrity of park resources. So basically, to surmise, that's saying that really only the most essential personnel. Very essential. Very essential. Um, um, there are some exceptions to that, um, depending on appropriated monies that may have been in the budget or that may be carryover from several years, depending on like projects that may be special um, running as if it's an essential project, those people will also be included. Um, it also includes potential outside vendors. So for example, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying this is the case. If there was a McDonald's that was operating inside the parameters of Grand Canyon National Park, that because it's its own it's its own third-party private entity, they could still remain open. However, whatever services the parks provide, are not necessarily going to be running like yeah, trash collection, yeah, yeah, and things like that. Right. So there are some there are some things that people have to be aware of. So some other things to to be aware of. Um, there is a main office in Washington D.C. So there is a headquarters, NPS headquarters. Um, so key NPS leaders um, will be there as well as the bare minimum number of employees that they need to staff the the 
the main office, but there are also seven or seven regional offices um, that play a, a key role in basically disseminating this information and making sure that the parks that are within those regions are shuttered and the basically correct steps are taken during a shutdown, as well as any other time, whatever they may need to do. Something else that this document stated was that um, if, say, like a state government or some sort of third party entity wanted to like cover the costs of the National Park Service employees for the time during the shutdown, it could only be for a period of up to three days, and they would have to have a licensing agreement that would go through headquarters, which I would imagine would, like, if you had a special event that was during a government shutdown that would require National Park Service employees, like, then, you know, maybe there's a way to do that. Like, that would be the sort of, like, that would be the road that they would have to Mm -hmm. go down. Um, And just so, you know, you are aware of this document, which we're utilizing a lot of information from, um, this was put in place in January of this past 2018 because there was a shutdown that was pretty imminent at the beginning of the year. And Dusty kind of mentioned that, but there actually have been three government shutdowns um, during the year 2018. So January 20th um, to January 22nd. Um, So it was um, Saturday, the government shut down on the 20th, and it ended on the evening of Monday, the 22nd. So that was a a relatively short shutdown. Um, There was another um, funding gap, basically, that caused the government to shut down on February 9th. But that was only for nine hours overnight. And so it really didn't affect any essential services. Um, And then, obviously, here we are faced with our third and final Um, Because it's unlikely for it to be resolved before the year is out. Um, And I don't think the Democrats are going to even budge until they can, like, approach this with a House majority. Yeah. What does this mean for visitors to national parks? First thing to note is that park roads, lookouts, trails, and open-air memorials will generally remain accessible to visitors, but there will be no... NPS provided visitors services, including restrooms, trash collection, facilities, road maintenance, including snow plowing. No visitor centers are going to be open. That's what that's telling me. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about this because we've kind of experienced all of these things on our journeys. So no visitor centers open. No, so you can't really figure out. see, you know, what you need to do, what the best trails are, what trails are even open, because guess what? Social media and their websites, as Dusty was saying, also also are not being operated during this time. So So you cannot get updates because people can't get up there to find out because they're not being paid. Right. And having a visitor center is essential. Every park that we have gone to, we at least go to the visitor center on our first day. And sometimes we'll make a second trip if we need to. Um, Bathrooms. Um, We have had to use our natural surroundings as our bathroom. And listen, sometimes that is just the way of the world when you're hiking. Well, and the truth is is that a lot of the bathrooms in a lot of the national parks we've been to are earth toilets, which means like it's like the outer cover of a toilet but really it is a hole in the ground but right. that hole in the ground has like chemicals inside of it so that one it doesn't smell like right. a hole in the ground where filled with filled waste. with feces yeah. right thank you for taking it there no problem um <laughs> and those are all managed right they're all managed right. by and they're kept clean 
by NPS. And uh, the other, and then most visitor centers will have bathrooms with plumbing. And, um, but right. it could very likely be that all those restrooms are locked. Right. You know what yes. I mean? Like speaking of things that are locked, um, this is uh, the next point they make as a general rule. If a facility or area is locked or secured during non-business hours, such as buildings, gated parking lots, it should be locked or secured during the duration of the shutdown. Right. So that's, that's that. Yeah. And that will actually affect um, a great deal of, anybody that's planning on camping during a shutdown that NPS basically is not operating the campgrounds. Um, that includes maintenance, janitorial bathrooms, showers, check-in and check-out reservations. Then the th- only thing is, is that visitors that are already in those campgrounds are not asked to leave, uh, but basically are advised that no services are available. Uh, there is no guarantee. If let's say you have something booked for this week at a campsite, that because of the shutdown, anyone will be there to receive you, that the oh, site yeah. will even be ready, that it's even advisable for you to try to attempt to go to that site. Also, some campgrounds are like have gates that are locked. Right. So right. I don't know, you know, it might be that person might ha- have left the gate unlocked or they might have locked. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Like each campground in each park is different. Right. But that's the way it goes also plowed roads um Hello? we really had to deal with that for the first time this past trip and it really impacted even though it didn't impact it but it was a hindrance for us when we were in the smokies um because the blue ridge parkway which is a major byway between um gatlinburg and the south side of the smokies was totally closed so that was a, a stoppage for a lot of people and it was closed because there was snow and ice on the road and they were plowing and clearing trees and, and doing things of that nature. That's not happening. So especially if you've a major thoroughfare that's going through a park, that's a big problem because it becomes a safety issue. Now, because it's a big highway, I don't know if this is this would be the case that maybe the state government might step in there because it's such a thoroughfare. Yeah. But if it's like a just a park road, like you're inside arches and you you know that needs to be plowed which is probably not the case but mm-hmm. you're inside a park that needs to be plowed probably if it's not. not like a, a major highway then it's probably not going to happen yep. like you're out of luck there a lot of the national park service employees are furloughed right now which mm-hmm. means they're either not working or they're working and not being paid mm-hmm. which is such a shame um, no one should ever have to work and not be mm-hmm. paid. But one of the things they advise here is that any work or enforcement actions should be reactive rather than proactive. Mm-hmm. This is what they're saying to the employees. So parks should not take measures to keep visitors out of an area unless access presents a serious or eminent threat to human life, safety, or health, or a serious and eminent threat to the condition of a sensitive natural or cultural resource. I, I think this breakdown of numbers is Im- important to understand. Uh, so the total number of National Park Service employees that there are is right now 24,681. Okay. Um, of those employees, this is the number that are deemed essential, which is 3,298. So about 2,100 people are furloughed. No, 21,000. 21, sorry. Girl, right. Math. So the amount that of... So the number of employees that will be furloughed is 21,383. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. A lot of people to be furloughed. 
The other thing is that there is a world in which, because they also say that um, all employees who do work, um, the very limited number of hours they are given should keep a log of that. But for example, if there are typically like five people Mm -hmm. with the same um, uh, job description, they might keep one of them and deem that uh, deem one of them essential, Mm. but then they could rotate them got it during this furlough time and so like then so you would all keep a log yeah. of hours so that they all sort of get paid at got some it. point some amount and while yes there are 21,000 and change uh people who work for the National Park Service who are being furloughed in total there are 800,000 people uh who are affected by this government shutdown who's are being furloughed from their jobs yeah so it is an issue that we hope is resolved sooner than later for yes. a variety of reasons, but mostly so these people, people can, can get back get, to work, get back to work and be paid. It's a tough time of year. This is like the holidays just happens. You know, not everybody is spending tons of money on the holidays. Not everybody's celebrating the holidays, but it is an expensive time of year typically. And it's really unfortunate that this is the situation we find ourselves in. I do know just from some things that I listened to on the news that most of the times there is a retroactive um, pay bill that Congress will pass. Hopefully that will um, happen. That will happen for any of those furloughed workers that are still like working so that that payment does come through. I know that like contract employees though, I did hear this typically that bill is not like that doesn't doesn't cover them. So there are, you know, as always with any, government and especially with ours there are always things that can be done better um, and hopefully can be resolved sooner than later so Mike after last week's um, giving and receiving episode where we created our own um, holiday movie Hallmark holiday Mm -hmm. film called The Christmas Rose Mm -hmm. um, I did look up and lo and behold there is the Hallmark movie called A Rose for Christmas shut up that is not true hold on I'm gonna tell you wait is the plot hold on I'm gonna read you the plot did we incept this plot I don't think so (laughs) it's close but Andy is a passionate artist whose family has been building rose parade floats for generations. Mm -hmm. When her dad gets sick, Andy is forced to take the helm and supervise the construction and decoration of their client's float. And to make matters worse, she's saddled with the extra challenge of dealing with a demanding businessman whose company commissioned the float. Oh, so sparks fly there. Right, maybe obviously, there, and there's a photo there's of a like photo of her and some two dude. very attractive yeah. white people standing next to each yeah. other. She's smiling and he's brooding. A rose for Christmas. It does. It I'm stars sorry. Rachel Boston and Mark Ben David. Oh. People I've not heard of, no. but they're Good in that movie them. doing work. Um, I think our movie was better. I want to see our movie. I yeah. really do. A Christmas rose. So. Um, since we're wrapping up the holidays and speaking of holiday movies, we're going to play top three. Mike, what is your top three holiday movies? Okay. I mean, I feel like order here is, I, it's hard for me to put them in an order. No, you don't have to. Great. So ready? I'm just firing them off. 
The Holiday. Oh my God, stop. The Holiday. Not to be confused with The Last Holiday, which is also... It's great. It's kind of a Christmas movie. But we're talking about... We're talking about Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz, Jude Law, Jude Law Kate Winslet, mm, Jack Black, uh-huh. all them Nancy people. Myers, Nancy Myers. Nancy Myers. Yeah, it's just Nancy like... Nancy Myers at her best. No, oh yeah. The Holiday, it holds a very, very special place in my heart. Great. And I haven't watched it yet this year, but I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix and I need to like get on that. Hmm. And just okay. cozy up with some tea and Perfect. like under a blanket and pretend I'm Nancy Myers. There you go. Um, number two, The Year Without a Santa Claus. Oh. So I love this is claymation. All, this is claymation. This is where we're introduced to the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser. Okay. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Sun. Ba-da-da-da. So, um, yeah, every episode, guys. Um, so that's a great claymation um it's where santa's like you know what i'm sick and i'm tired of doing this thing Uh, yeah basically but then everything comes to pass where um he gets a letter from a little girl and she sings virginia and she sings blue christmas it's blue christmas comes into this Um, i'll have a blue christmas so and it's like without you it touches him in a way where he's like, I need to still do this. Mm. So what a what a roller coaster ride of emotion. Okay, great. And, and my three. last film is a film that was such a bait and switch, and was billed as a comedy, but just tugged at your heartstrings and made you want Diane Keaton for a mom and hope that she didn't die of can- breast cancer. And that is The Family Stone. What a film! That what a was. film that was! So many things that there were a one lot did of not things expect. in that film. Mm-hmm. We could yep. do an entire episode just about that film. Oh, yeah, I Dissecting only saw it. that film once, but I remember I went and saw it with my mom, thinking it was mm-hmm. going to be a family-filled mm-hmm. holiday, mm-hmm. like beautiful comedy right. movie. Nope, lies. Uh, no, no. Quickly, very much no. Right. You know what I really want to have happen? This would be like the best wish for this year is if the the folks at How Did This Get Made, the podcast, did The Family Stone. Shout out to How Did This Get Made. How Did This we Get Made. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, they should do a Family they Stone episode. They should do a Family episode. Stone episode. <laughs> please, yeah. please. I just listened to their episode on Adore, oh, that yeah. movie with um, Naomi Watts and mm-hmm. Robin Wright where they sleep with each other's sons. I and do. I know it was, that movie. Top notch. What a great episode. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I volley to you, friend. What okay. are your top three? Well, let me just say this. Movies. You know how I know we're both gay? Because <laughs> my top three is also The Holiday. <laughs> That's right. I am not kidding you. God, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and I am, you know. You know, at Kate Winslet's cottage, I would just live there oh for days. Oh, my God. Days. I wanted to live in her cottage yep. so badly. That's um, very euphemistic. I have to say. <laughs> I like, wanted to live in her cottage. I come real hard for Nancy Myers movies mm-hmm. because, like, it's always white people. It's whitewashed. And it it's is, whitewashed. And yeah. they're always wearing white. And it's always very, very privileged people. And it's, like, um, the problems of privileged white America. But I do love the holiday. <laughs> John Krasinski's in the holiday, he too. And um, what is her name? She is Catherine Hahn. Oh yeah. yeah, she's in it great. too. She's great, great little too. cameos. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I cameo, do love that movie. Our favorite drag every queen. time cameo, <laughs> cameo, mm-hmm. yeah, cameo role. Cameo that's her role. Name. Yeah. Um. So, but every time, um, I I don't make pasta for myself a lot these days. Mm-hmm. But 
If I make fettuccine, I'll go, do you want some Christmas fettuccine? Because it's from that movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two. Mm -hmm. Number two is a made-for-TV Christmas movie that I am obsessed with Mm -hmm. from the early aughts. Is it Lifetime? No. It was VH1, and it's called A Diva's Christmas Carol, starring Vanessa Williams. Oh, you bring, I am. You bring a great point with I am Christmas carols. With her, a Christmas Carol is. I do love that story. I think it is also, a great Christmas story. Christmas Carol is a great drag name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if. Well. Well, her name would be. I don't know. Okay. Christmas isn't really a name. Okay, hold on. I do have to say. Yeah. I'm not kidding you when I say this. My mother went to school with a girl who was born. On December the 25th, Mm -hmm. whose family's last name was Christmas. Wow. And they named her Merry Christmas. Uh, And they spelled it M-E-R-R-Y. Of course they did. Of course they did. But anyway, I do love A Diva's Christmas Carol. It's just like Vanessa Williams being like super fierce and learning her lesson. And it's got great like like all the Christmas music you could imagine and she's doing a holiday concert and it's like all of her staff wants to be home with their family but she's like where she's named Abby is this no 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 No. not to be confused (laughs) with another Christmas Christmas Carol film from the 90s called Abby starring Susan Lucci which is also very 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 also I'm gonna jump on this bandwagon for a second let's talk about a Muppet Christmas because Uh, I'm gonna stop you right there because my third movie is the (laughs) Muppets Christmas Carol (laughs) I totally forgot about it I'm so sorry I am obsessed with the Muppets Christmas Carol Light the lamp not the rat Light the lamp not the rat (laughs) It's adorable and so well made And it totally holds up Oh yeah Yeah. 100% Beautiful um, Those are my favorite holiday movies Great it, doesn't it make you just want to have like some tea and some Christmas fettuccine? It does. <laughs> and hang under a, a, you know, a blanket and just watch some movies. And pray for the end of the government shutdown. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and to hike often. And that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. The theme song and original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. Michael Ryan.